I think it's a bit rich <laughs> for you to be putting all this on me when you haven't even made me a sandwich yet. No, I know. Yeah. Just, just for the benefit of the listeners, to say that Carol's face dropped as I said <laughs> that. <laughs> It's <laughs> just like, Christ, this was a short-lived podcast. <laughs> that was great. Our friendship was wonderful while it lasted. Actually, speaking of recording, I owe you an apology. Yeah, because do you remember last week when, again, I was making up the intro because you do no work and haven't created an intro for this. Um, and I said something weird, like one man, and, and I thought I said one man and one woman on a mission, but I actually said one man and, a mission, and one mission. Um, so I, I owe you and I, the feminist babysitter, am apologizing to you for thinking I said something different to what I did say. And please don't do a Freudian psychoanalysis on what I did say, because I was just tired. That is, that is quite all right. Now, why would you associate your massive failings with that? I could just brush it off with tiredness. Therefore, you're assuming that being tired is something that I, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it was week one of the semester. <laughs> hmm. Weak, interesting choice of words. So uh, <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone. Who's but still you know, listening. I have, I know. So, you know, I'm allowed to then say like, well, now it's week two when we're recording. So it's week two. I'm stressed. But you see, what we do is convince ourselves like academia is kind of that. Um, it's that heightened version of everyone else's life where, you know, you know, the meme and it's like um, adulthood is continually telling yourself that next week will be better until the end of time. Yeah, so academia is like that, except specifically within the semesters. So you're like, no, next week, oh, sure, week two is always fine. Week three is always fine until the end of the semester. And then you go, no, it's fine. We've gotten through the exam period. We've done all our correcting. Take some downtime in summer. And then you have to do all your actual research projects. And then you're like, no, 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 it'll be fine next year. I'll be much more organized. And so the cycle continues until death. Yeah, um, a slightly less dark version of that is that it's the same it's the same meme though it's you know being an adult just texting your friends going we must put something in the diary yeah which is i now have google calendar because i have become that like mm. do you remember when you used to just call for your friends or even even in college even when technology existed you just text somebody down here meet you for coffee in the mm. library because for those of you listening, we we both went to UCD and, you know, you'd get your coffee under the library. But say you were going to the library, even though you weren't, you were going to the coffee shop underneath. I actually, uh, we will get to the topic of the episode, but I actually just on that, I never particularly liked that one. And there's nothing wrong with the coffee shop. As you say, it was ideal in terms of location, mm. like it was perfect for the library. Mm. I just, there's only so much concrete a man can take. Fair. Uh and but you do know, well, look, I don't know whether this is an urban legend or what, but apparently, uh, because if anybody knows the, the campus, we're talking about Belfield. Um, so the library, the James Joyce Library is obviously in the centre of campus of, well, of what campus was. God only knows how big it is now yes, um, because we're old and left many years ago. But apparently that whole central area with the lake and everything was specifically built in order to not allow a space big enough for riots to take place because in the 60s, people liked rioting. Um, I definitely, as you say, whether it was an urban legend or not, I don't know, but I certainly heard that. Uh, and mm. the the campus at the time fit the legend. Mm. You know, there was no wide open spaces. You couldn't run because you had those half steps. Mm. Quite clever. Uh, now, I have since been back and it's now a beautiful, very protest friendly campus. Um, there is places where you can riot en masse. And I, I think it's better for it. 
<laughs> and apparently another another urban legend I heard about it is you know the way there's the covering over the concourse the whole way down mm. um which is supposed to kind of cover you from rain or the elements of that kind of thing apparently um it was a foreign builder who kind of came in with that concept or architect whatever it was and when it was put to them then like oh but it's not stopping people from getting wet and apparently the reply was something along the lines of it's not my fault you Irish have effing sideways rain. I mean there is a degree of logic in that answer. There is. To be fair. Um, So moving on. (laughs) I was just I was just trying to be light and breezy before we get into our possibly darkest topic i mean we're only three episodes in but like possibly it's, our darkest topic yet exactly yeah give it give it time um it is this is uh this could even end up being a multi-part uh thing because mm. this is this is heavy this is when sean's putting on a serious voice now because this is this is heavy stuff um as always uh content warning up front um but yeah so incel mm-hmm uh, which is involuntary celebrants. Yes, yes, discuss. So incel, in a in a horrifically small version, incels exist because of you. That's the belief system. You're a woman who won't sleep with yeah. a man. It's your fault. Mm. That's incel nature yeah. in its in its basest form. Mm. Yeah, fair. Um, I think for. For, for people maybe listening to this who who kind of don't know. So obviously now they get involuntary celibate. Um, I have a definition here from um, Kelly Gothard. Um, and this is from her undergraduate dissertation, which was um, submitted in 2020, University of Vermont. Um, you'll find it if you Google it. So the dissertation actually is really, really interesting. It's called Exploring Incel Language and Subreddit Activity on Reddit. Um, But she states in her abstract that incels or involuntary celibates are individuals who struggle socially due to their inability to have a romantic or sexual relationships. In popular culture, the community is known for churning out memes, strange made up words and startling acts of violence. Behind the veil of humor and relatable content, in quotation marks, lies an anti-feminist ideology that channels incel loneliness into intense resentment towards themselves, women, and society at large. At its most extreme, inceldom has motivated um, various attacks that we're going to talk about um, more so throughout this. And generally, we find them gathering on online forums such as kind of Reddit and that kind of thing. And I think it's important to contextualize um, incel within a wider community um, predominantly online community known as the manosphere and mm. I think we will probably end up having several episodes on different areas of it um, but it's important to see incels as sep- linked but separate a separate ideology a separate way of going from the likes of pickup artists or men going their own way or men's rights activists they are different things um, but they are very much a part of this so-called manosphere which is something that you know, people say, oh, well, it's just online. Oh, well, it's just this. Oh, well, it's just that. Nah. Nope. We need to wake up. We need to pay attention. We need to to see this. We need to see what's going on. We need to see the literally 
hundreds of thousands of people who engage in these online communities. That is not an insignificant number, you know, and we're talking about numbers of accounts on, on, on different forums and that. It's not an insignificant number. It is incredibly damaging to men, um, both directly and indirectly. It is also obviously incredibly damaging to women based on, as I'm sure we will get into, the kind of... Um, real life actions or real life consequences that can result as um because somebody has has taken part in these online communities um so yeah that's the beginning of of my rant i will be definitely talking a lot about a book i mentioned probably in the first episode who everybody should absolutely read called men who hate women by laura bates um because she actually she went kind of inside incel culture and the manosphere for about a year in term for research for this book so she actually engaged in the forums and all of that and one thing i'm just now i'm not going to read the book although that would be a really fun podcast if it was actually just an audio book um laura bates i love you if you're listening which you're definitely not but i love you, you never know. um you never know but um i'll tag her on instagram and see what happens um but I, I didn't, I could, obviously I do believe it. She researched it and wrote it, but wait till you hear about where incels came from. So in the mid 1990s, long before the advent of dating apps, Facebook, or even MySpace, a young, remember MySpace? Even I'm too old, too young for that. I wasn't uh, really a MySpacer. That was not necessary, Carol. I remember MySpace very well. Thank you very much. Yeah, but you see, you were born in a different decade to me and I will never oh, let you forget that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was born in the decade of cocaine. You were born in the decade of ecstasy. Well, that's very true. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Apologies. Yes. Um, in the mid-1990s, long before the advent of dating apps, Facebook or even MySpace, a young Canadian woman known only as Alana started a simple website. Alana was in her mid-20s and struggling to find love, hurt by lonely virgin jokes and convinced that she couldn't be the only one feeling this way, she started a mailing list and began posting articles to the website she called Alana's Involuntary Celibacy Project. Over time, the project grew into a small and generally supportive online community where men and women shared their fears, frustration and unhappiness. Gradually, she started having more success with dating and drifted away from the community she had started, no longer wanting to focus on her former lack of romantic success. Over 20 years later, the little project had morphed into something completely unrecognizable. What started out as a small support group had mutated into a nightmarish world inhabited um, or so a significant proportion of its content would suggest by men who hate women. Alana would later tell a Guardian journalist, quote, it feels like being the scientist who figured out nuclear fission and then discovers it's being used as a weapon for war. So I love, I love that it was originally started by a woman. That just makes me so happy. Everything about it is awful, but that fact makes me very happy. But I think the point that she makes about creating something and then re realizing how it can be manipulated and changed um, into something absolutely 100% negative. There is nothing positive about incel culture. No, not a thing. Um, and it is, it's in a way it's terrifying and it is by no means, uh, I've lost English. I've lost English as a language. Uh, it's, it's not that it only- Sorry, I've been ran ranting for too long. 
it's quite all right. I, I enjoy listening to a good rant, don't get me wrong. But yeah, uh, obviously the fact that she evokes the memory of nuclear fission, uh, you know, the Offenheimer, I'm pretty sure it's Offenheimer, who made the quote, I am become mm-hmm. death. Um, mm. And, you know, this everything had good intentions in the beginning. But once you put something out into the world, you cannot in any way control how it is perceived mm-hmm. or how it is used. Mm. Um, and one only needs this sounds almost like it, I'm making light of it, but one almost needs to see the plethora of, you know, pornographic versions of family friendly, whether it's kids shows, whether mm. it's even not necessarily kids shows. And the it's a twist on a theme. It's the mm-hmm. debasement, the degradation of a seemingly innocent idea and that is again there's seasons and seats we're setting ourselves up for seasons of work here but Mm. this idea of something was started with the best of intentions and has become such a dark and such a deadly force in this world and yet and yet carol are incel actions terrorism because there's far more debate on this top than their topic than there should be yeah, this rocks me to my core. Any act, and I am not quoting a definition of terrorism here, but any act of violence, no matter what form of the violence, but particularly physical violence, any act of violence that is specifically designed to put a certain group or subsection or whatever way community who anyone who's doing something deliberately to make them fearful to make them pay because they don't see the light surely that's a terrorist you would think that it would should be that simple should be that cut and dry and yet and this both is a generalization but this is depressingly accurate as long as the perpetrator is a white male there seems to be a question over what constitutes terrorism or not yeah yeah, and I think we mentioned this last week um, because it does, it bothers me. And actually in this book, Laura Bates, which I will not keep, keep stop going on about, um, she does, she has a section at the end where she's talking about kind of definitions of terrorism um, and how we look at these things. Um, and it just, it's, it's, it's baffling that as soon as we hear mass shooting or mass attack or whatever it is by white man, Oh, mental health issues. And as I said before, that does my head in because firstly, it's super offensive to anybody who has mental health issues, suggesting that, you know, somebody can't control their actions as a result. Secondly, whether or not they are experiencing mental health issues does not diminish the fact that they, by very definition, terrorized a community. You know, like mass shooter walks into a room. People are terrified, are they not? Ergo, vis-a-vis terrorism. But you're, hey, what, who, who am I to say that? I'm just a little white woman. I'm, um, I have open in front of me here just an article by uh, Mary Zirkel. Uh, this was published just in the wake of the January 6th like, terrorist attack on the Capitol. Mm. And... She makes, I'm not sure I agree with her, but she mm-hmm. makes an argument as to why, you know, this is, this is 
um, arguably this is tangential to the point, but the, the white supremacism uh, side of the people who took part in this attack and why it's you need to be careful about labeling things as domestic terrorism is because of the problems that already exist by labeling something domestic terrorism, you then start to add them to other legitimate lists or people have known as terrorists. It's a bit of a mix. Um, hmm. She's she seems to be making the point that, you know, these white folks who are grabbing guns and doing what they do by labeling them domestic terrorists, you know, you're like, oh, well, then you may be helping to legitimize surveillance of Muslims, immigrants, LGBTQ individuals, people of color and activists. And you may be adding fuel to the calls for expanded policing that will ultimately target communities of color and not white supremacists. I, I don't know if I agree. <sighs> it, I, I don't agree. I agree with where she's coming from because of systemic, particularly in the, in the States, but we ain't innocent anywhere else in the Western no. world, because of systemic racism, it, unless there is a complete breaking and rebuilding of the system and training from the ground up, we know that these situations can be used as an excuse to put extra resources into the wrong areas. So I do agree that there is the potential for that there, but that is not a good enough reason to not do it because we need to be better in general. We need to, you know, have these people on domestic terrorist lists and look at how those lists are constructed and who is on them and why they are on them. Do you know what I mean? So I think in general, we need to do better. I get where she's coming from, but it's not good enough. It's not, I think, I know it. The, the, the problem, uh, as you say, as, as we say, there are so many episodes worth of uh, material on this is because it is an enormous issue. And mm. there are not even within that subsection, subsection of culture. Can we say that X and Y are friends and therefore we can target them together? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, this person might say this thing, which is completely opposed to what this person is saying. Therefore, do we agree with that person? Do we agree with it's? It is nuanced for all of its hateful rhetoric in cell culture. There is there is nuance in it in a way. You know, there's people trying to rally behind and say, "Okay, in cells, let's let's create a, a help group. Let's you know, mm. let's work through these things together," which I think is great in a way. You know, as long mm. as it's being done in a let's advance and do better in ourselves and not blame others. Therefore, getting rid of the term incel. Mm -hmm. And then there's those who are, come on, incel culture, let's do things together. I'm like, I'm quite worried about that. It's mm. the second one. It's the let's let's mobilize. I don't like this one. Yeah, because, you know, um, and the thing is, I think I think so we've defined what an incel is. OK, right. But I think we need to talk about who is an incel because the vast majority well i would like to believe that the vast majority of incels and i'm not forgiving any speech they come out with or any ideas that they may hold i'm not excusing any of that but and i hate when i say things i'm not this but but the vast majority of them are young men we're talking kids teenagers men in their 20s who feel socially awkward socially inept um, you know, 
use the term loser or something like that, where I feel something like that and find a community online where people say, you're not the problem, everyone else is, which on a surface level, you know, could be incredibly supportive initially. But the problem is then they're sucked into this rhetoric of, and I will not use exact terminology and exact comments and stuff like that. I just, I'm not doing it. I'm not going there. Um, But are sucked into this rhetoric of women are the problem. We hate women. You need to hate women. Um, And, you know, it's, it's very it's it's cult-like in its mentality in terms of you go in with questions or with some ideas or unsure of exactly what's going on and all of a sudden you're you're sucked down this rabbit hole and that's what it is and we know for a fact say if you are on youtube or something like that um obviously youtube once you watch a video it suggests more videos at the moment, my entire YouTube just wants to show me more and more Taskmaster compilations, which is brilliant because Taskmaster is a wonderful show. <laughs> um, but we know for a fact that the algorithm not only deliberately tries to show you similar stuff, but also starts showing you more extreme stuff. So, for example, if you start watching, um, say, uh, right, I'm I'm a swimmer, I'm a sea swimmer. Yes, I am that asshole, right? Um but say I was I was looking up videos on technique and then, you know, how to improve your open water technique um, and kind of different reviews on different gloves and stuff for winter swimming, all that kind of thing. And beginner stuff. And then I noticed the videos I was being suggested was then your first big, long race, your first this. It was, it, you know, a more extreme and extreme, not in a bad way here because we're talking about fitness and growth and all of that that's fine but it started showing me more extreme videos in that way so we know that the, that the algorithm will will bring you down a rabbit hole where it's showing you more and more extreme stuff when that's done in terms of watching content um even intro to incel content all of a sudden you're seeing more and more graphic or you know um violent or alt-right or you know any of these things you start seeing more and more of that content and you know yourself if if somebody originally used some of those phrases you wouldn't want to go near them you wouldn't believe them but if you start hearing these things slowly and they slowly become stronger and they slowly become more graphic it becomes easy to 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 be sucked into that mentality you know um so the vast majority of incels are these young men who probably have very low self-esteem um possibly do you know have have different mental health issues and they become surrounded by a group of men who also ascribe to this they kind of they actually don't promote each other like if you look into how they kind of communicate with each other um there's a huge amount of you know if somebody suggests that they're feeling like um they're having suicidal ideation or something they'll actually be told well just go and do it you know Mm -hmm. Um, and we know that's really, really negative and really dangerous, obviously. So, you know, it, it, the, the average incel is this, this young man who needs help and support and finds it in the wrong place. Um, that does not excuse extremist views. You go on to hold, you are responsible for what you think, but it is understandable how it happens. It's radicalization, you know, um, and we need to use that kind of terminology. That is what it is. You're being radicalized. 
Um, and then you get into the lingo of, you know, chads are the the man to aspire to be. And that's what incels hate. They hate the chad who, who you know, is blonde and muscular and probably well endowed and all this kind of crack. Um, and he has his pick of the women. And then the Stacys are the attractive women who won't engage in intercourse with the incel and they hate them too and, and all of this kind of thing and then you know you'll see the word foid used a lot which is um uh what's well, a female droid or whatever it or feminoid or whatever it's it's about dehumanizing women and, and a huge amount of the language and the lingo around it is is about dehumanizing women and we know that as soon as you've dehumanized something it's much easier to objectify it um, and to, to speak in a negative way because you forget that you're actually talking about a human being. Um, so yeah, I don't even know where I started with this point. I just, I want, what I want is for people to recognize that this problem exists, understand what the problem is and work on ways, I don't have the answers, work on ways to try and tackle this culture. That is a problem. That is an active demonstrable problem there's also so picking up exactly on funny enough that female droid because i have an example of a book that was written early 1970s just to prove how not new this idea is now it doesn't use terms like incel it doesn't use those kind of terms but the book is the stepford wives by ira levin Mm. Now, the term stepford wife has entered the lexicon as this perfect man pleasing uh homemaker uh, always female that's the whole point is like step wife it's a you know mm-hmm. a quiet woman who wants to please her man now uh, i recently read the stepford wives as research for another project i was involved in and i was without knowing before going in i was like oh god like is this is this crazy this kind of activity mm. no it is absolutely not it is a complete satire of a novel but it's also it's a warning so in the early late, late 1960s early 1970s uh women's liberation movements were gaining a lot of traction uh, it has often been parodied in the media the burning of our bras that seems to be which the didn't that... happen by the way does anybody do you know the the origin of that i did but i i don't have it in my head I want to say it was 1969, 1970, maybe. Um, the Miss World finals were being held in London and there was mass protests. So women's lib is linked with um, second wave feminism. Now, the waves of feminism are a distinctly Western idea and I'm totally aware of that. And that was not intersectional by any way. And if you want a discussion on feminist waves, hit me up, no bother at all. Um, but so essentially what happened was there was mass protests about the holding of Miss World and the bikini um, swimmer section and all the rest of it. Um, And women, protesters, um, basically got what they called a freedom trash can where they decided to put um, different items into it. So they put in some different kind of lads type magazines and that kind of thing. And they put in a bra um, as well because um, you see a bra as particularly then when there wasn't much science put into making them comfortable and wearable and they hadn't been updated in however many years, they put them in as a symbol of kind of patriarchal oppression and that and they burnt them there. And that's where the idea came from. And it annoys me so much when people, you know, are like, oh, just go burn your bra. And you're like, it didn't happen like that. But yeah, it just got so mashed anyway. together. 
Mm, did yeah. yeah because people that's but you know it's when people ask me why do I call myself an angry feminist so you can't use it as an insult I'm you know I'm taking I'm taking that power back for myself um so you know yeah I hate when these things get skewed um out of the way but sorry I digress off but, you pop but the, pub, very, pub it, quiz knowledge for everybody there love it and it's but it's related it's related because <laughs> it's off the back of that that this book was written and it was so Levin just for everyone out there he also wrote Rosemary's Baby is probably his most famous work mm. and The Boys from Brazil would be another mm. very famous novel that he'd written as well separate points it's very short uh, for such a, a long impact it's a very very short novel and he wrote it as a warning he his his impetus behind it was like any group that starts to fight back to think that those in power won't try and stomp you down is night now he wasn't uh, having read the novel i can tell he wasn't doing it as a hey, you better know your place it was just like no i can see a world where this will be taken to the extreme and in it now this is i did not know this because i think i've seen a couple of remakes of it that it's not you don't get kind of locked away in a cell and, you know, a clone of you goes out there. No, you are murdered. They kill you. So they silence you entirely and they take everything about you outwardly, your image, your voice, and they build a robot of this. And that is then released into the home to the point where, you you know, the casual observer, you can't tell the difference. You only know mm. that, oh, you went from women's lib yesterday to I must please my man today. Mm -hmm. And it's it's quite hard. It's very bleak novel. There it there is no, I mean George R. R. Martin would have loved this, um, <laughs> and but it was in the early seventies. Going, there is going to be a lot of men who are not going to be happy about this. They shouldn't be happy about this, and they should, you know, be afraid. And that was the point there. Now that has obviously since the 1970s onward, a lot of men are very upset at the idea that women have the goal to seek equal rights. And, you know, I was just reading there as well. The So there is a an essay by Roger Devlin, who is... I love that you're coming all nerdy this week too. Uh, thank you very Makes much. Makes me happy. No, thank you very much. I was, I was thinking I, I should do some homework for this. Uh, <laughs> but yes, by uh, Roger Devlin, who is a, you know, however, the homework that I've done who is a white supremacist and men's rights activist. Uh, right, do wrote, I need to have an intervention yet? Uh, potentially, yeah. Wrote in 2006 <laughs> his essay, Sexual Utopia in Power, mm -hmm. and talks about how, particularly he was talking about marriage is a way of shutting down, uh, I just want to get this phrase correctly, um, female hyper hypergamy. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure I've pronounced that correctly. Um which is that a woman will always seek uh, a sexual superior. Yeah. So everyone, you know, everyone she says no to is deemed inferior. Mm -hmm. You know, so if, if, you know, a man approaches a woman and she says no to him, you are less than me. Go away. That's why I'm saying no to you. And this is where this incel idea comes from. But locking her in a marriage is like, well, that's it. You cannot go anywhere. Like, yeah, I have you now. You cannot go anywhere else. And then just the baffling idea that she might ever seek anything other than this mm. husband or, um, and, you know, therefore a husband's leader, I'm just quoting here, a husband's leadership is necessary to accommodate female hyper hypergamy. Um, it's just, it's like, I can say, I mean, it is bizarre and nonsense. And yes, the audience behind these ideas. Mm. So, 
you have I'm sorry I shouldn't laugh I'm just I'm just laughing because you know my husband very well and you know <laughs> who I mean I think good lord does he believe in equality <gasps> I know the fool yeah. I know it's mad I remember we were together forever and I remember at the start you know some people like and is and is he a feminist and I'm like well God help him if he isn't you wouldn't last long with me now I can tell you that for nothing um but no, I shouldn't. I did, but the thing is, and actually, I'm I'm part of the problem here. I shouldn't laugh because even though the, those concepts are so alien, so ridiculous, so far removed from me, my life, my agency, my relationship, the problem is that they are believed, you know. And we have incels, and it, it's a it's a common theory among them, and an idea among them that actually women should be essentially sold to men or like granted to men so that every you know and, and there's, there's there's genuinely people who believe that sexual violence against women would stop if every man was given a woman you know and even going back to what you're talking about 60s and 70s in terms of controlling the female body you know this nonsense don't go out at night don't you know smile don't whatever like if you look at the origins of the reclaim the night marches in the uk which are separate from quite often people get them confused with um, the slut walks, which is totally different because that actually didn't really start until 2011, 2010 um, in Canada. But anyway, Reclaim the Night Marches began because of the police's response to the Yorkshire Ripper um, case where actually there's an unbelievable documentary series on Netflix because again, I am a middle-class white woman, so true crime is my jam. I saw a meme the other day and it was like somebody going up to the DJ being like, have you any true crime podcast? And I was like, I feel seen. <laughs> I, but like, yes, yes. And my absolute, my absolute favorite podcast at the moment and possibly ever is The Creep Dive. And actually when I, um, when I posted about this on Instagram, I, I like, I've tagged the women in that and I'm like, please like me, you're amazing. Um, they are amazing, by the way, listen to the group dive, it's class. But um, sorry, I shouldn't be talking on the shows on this one. But where's it going? Means, yeah. <laughs> Reclaim the Night, documentary series about the Yorkshire Ripper that's on Netflix. You should watch that um, if you're in the headspace too. It's fascinating. But the police mishandled that case of a serial killer who was targeting women for... A myriad of reasons, plenty of them sexist, plenty of them anti-sex worker, plenty of them the usual nonsense, right? But when they were struggling to catch your man, their response to women was, he's doing this at night to women out on their own. So ergo, vis-a-vis, women stay home. Women don't come out. And women rightly said, "Uh, why don't you tell the lads to stay home? They're the ones causing the problem. So there was these massive marches taking place at night where women were reclaiming the night because they say, hang on, we're not the ones causing the violence here. And of course, then you hear, oh, not all men. And you're going, yeah, but it is. If we're going to group people and curtail their movements as a result, why not curtail the movements of the people bloody doing it as opposed to the people having it done to them because they're not in the wrong. Anyway, sorry, another rant. I just, uh, you know, we're recording this a day after, two days after another young woman has been attacked for existing in the world in Ireland so I'm fairly on edge um but yeah so so that that's where all of that came from so so you know women's living and, and, and second wave feminism and all of that all of the problems were there and all we're doing now is we're heightening them to the point where online culture allows for and I've talked about this extensively in terms of fourth wave feminism in action and how 
fourth wave feminism exists because it's able to exist in terms of an online community, but also it exists in reaction to online issues, one of them being incels, who are able to communicate with people around the world. So no longer do you just have the lone man or the lone teenager or whoever he is feeling socially inept on his own. And that's not good, you know, needs help, all the rest of it. But now he can connect with people all over the world who will not only tell him that he's not alone, but will tell him things like it's women's fault if they experience sexual violence. It's women's fault. You haven't gotten the job you want. Um, A woman should be given to you. Um, And actually, while you're at it, you aren't good enough. Um, because they, they support each other in terms of saying, no, you aren't good enough a lot. It's, it's really, really nasty. Um, and quite, I, I think one thing it's important to note is that it's predominantly a white male movement. It's predominantly a white male Western movement. Um, but, and it, it has a lot of links to racism, huge amount of links to homophobia. Um, there are obviously, of course, our, our queer men, um, involved and there are you know men of color involved but it is it is very predominantly linked to racism sexism misogyny obviously um, and homophobia and it's not nothing that those are linked do you know mm-hmm. again not really sure where I went on this point I probably interrupted you in the middle of something I'm very uh, I just I want everybody to know that this exists and to 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 bloody tackle this and not allow it exist in the shadows anymore and then start connecting the dots when we have the mass shooting. Now, I will not name, I'm not naming them, um, those people, those men who've committed um, mass shootings or mass acts of violence under the name of, of incel culture. I will not name them here. Um, but we need to start connecting the dots and realizing that that these things are connected. They are not individual lone wolf acts. Like none of this exists in a vacuum. And so one of the hugest uh, ways for people to meet, of course, is online and to discuss and to be bolstered by other members of, let's call it the incel community. Um, Now, while I am not saying Reddit, causes mm-hmm. incels um there are many many sub for they it is a forum uh that hosts many 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 sub forums and and it does shut some down like it, for example i remember yeah. i came across one sorry i will stop talking in a sec um i came across one when i was doing my phd research called the philosophy of rape and that was specifically set up to talk about who and why people should be raped um now that was shut down in the course of my study because I remember then going back to get a reference and it was sh- so things do get shut down. Wow! But they pop up, and we know for a fact that is the sooner you shut something down, the sh- t- you know it's like a weed. Ten more will pop up in its place, so there is that. But I will stop speaking. Continue well, in your merry way. No, because that's <laughs> seriously interesting. Because yeah, I'm about to discuss actually a subreddit, um, and it is it's uh, in July 2019, uh, a young woman was murdered by her allegedly by her boyfriend uh, who took a picture and posted it online this picture was then circulated on these forums and on the largest forum um it was messages of support it was you know that that word foid came up there mm. uh, rest in shit foid was one message that was posted underneath it and a message that comes up a lot 
in you know in this kind of incel support structure is she messed with the wrong guy they pushed the wrong guy you know the wrong guy at the wrong time as if to say that you know either he was justified in his actions because well uh, she shouldn't have messed with the wrong guy or that you know it was up it was on the the victim who should have known better and again it's it's like you said like oh women stay home not the problem here guys um so yeah. this fellow was well, because also women aren't safe in their own homes what is it two women weekly in the uk are are killed by a partner or former partner which is a problem that has come to light even more during lockdown you know oh mm-hmm. stay in your mm-hmm. home can i not please in mm-hmm. some cases because mm-hmm. that could be the worst possible scenario you know um but yeah so all of these messages of support as vile as you would imagine and then so quickly you know when questioned it wasn't that this member of the incel community acted on his incel thoughts. It was this troubled young man with mental health issues. And it's like, I mean, I have no problem saying I have suffered mental health issues in my life. I have mm-hmm. never had the thought, will, or drive to go and violently assault and murder a woman. Anyone, but in the in relation to this i actually have not also meanwhile back at the ranch and this is you know not this needs to be discussed so in the media we're going lone wolf we're going mental health issues we're going isolated attack blah 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 but go back to the incel communities who as i said i'm not i'm just i won't say their names but say for example particular 2014 attack and um the man in question um took his own life after um the attack he posted this massive manifesto online mm-hmm. um, that was then taken down. But look, it's the internet. It was never really taken down. And incel communities to this day talk about that particular man being their father, being their light, being their visionary, being their martyr. They talk about martyrdom. So they're making the connections. Do you know what I mean? They see the connections. They're fueling each other with these connections. They're then saying, oh, well, if you're going to take your own life, take a load of other people out with you like so-and-so did. They're doing that. But we're not making the connection in the media. Wake up. Make the damn connection. Do you know? Sorry, I'm very angry today. I also shouldn't be apologizing. Why you am I no, apologizing that's, for my anger? Please, keep, keep. It's really funny because I always give out to students in class when they apologize. They're like, oh, sorry, can I just ask? And I'm like, no, not until you don't apologize for asking a question. That's what I'm here for. Apologize um, for that apology. And that's what happens. And they're like, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. Anyway, but no, it, 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 it irks me that we don't see the connection and we don't talk about things enough um, and we write things off. Because the community itself is not writing them off. No, it isn't. And it is, I mean, if there, it is head in the sand. It's clear what it is. It's people, people in power, for whatever number of reasons, I, no, I am not dealing with that. I am not opening that Pandora's box because it is something that needs to be tackled head on with, like, is every single person who identifies as an incel going to go out and commit violence? No, Absolutely not. they aren't. And these are people who can be, you never know, help with the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe just, maybe just to see a wider picture here. You know, it's not that, and 
again, I, I, I frequently use this phrase in so many walks of life. I really hope this statement doesn't age like milk. But it's one of the things like everyone who falls down the rabbit hole does not necessarily find themselves lost. Mm. You know, some people, if you do extend the hand, they will climb back up again. Some people are too far down. Mm-hmm. I am a firm believer that there is such a thing as rehabilitation. I'm going to say for everyone, and again, we'll see how that statement adds ages, but it doesn't but mean that there actually has to want it some part of you has to want us now you might have to be deprogrammed now that will not and obviously in any of these cases that's not exactly going to undo any of your actions i'm not mm-hmm. saying that people who commit actions shouldn't be held to justice that's not what i'm saying here um but understanding and breaking down in cell culture it is a longer term it is a massive mammoth task that i don't for one second condone people saying oh well no 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 I can, in a depressing way, understand why they would hide their head in the sand because, oh, it's just uh, mental health. Yeah, someone's dealing with mental health. It's fine. Or it's this or it's that. It's like, no, it's another thing altogether. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a problem. And of course, it's as you say, it's worldwide Mm. because, well, because humans are worldwide, but also because we are connected. Now, something that that I discovered this week, which is it's depressing on so many levels is there has been again, strangely, but as it, movie culture does not exist in a vacuum, the matrix 1999 has in a way spawned uh, at least uh, if not a movement, then an idea of take the red pill, red pill. Mm. Yeah. So, um, and that's a really common terminology. Yeah. You're, you're blue pilled if you don't get it. And it's a way of shutting down discourse. Yeah. That's exactly that's exactly mm. it. That's exactly it. So it so um, presumably most people listening to this have seen the Matrix, but in it, character is handed he's under the option of a blue pill and a red pill. If you take the blue pill, you wake up in your bed tomorrow. None of this happened. You'll go on about your life. If you take the red pill, you will continuing the Alice in Wonderland theme. You'll continue and see just how far down the rabbit hole goes. Mm-hmm. This is supposed to you know in this red pill culture that has been adapted by incel culture. It's open your eyes, see how you're being controlled, see how, you know, you are being judged for physical um, perceived inability or, you know, women see you as objective kind of objective standards of unrealistic beauty expectations. You're seen as not measuring up. That's it. Let you in on a secret. Nobody measures up. Like there is no, because it's all, it's all construct. But, but there was one, there was one argument that was made again after a, uh, after another murder there was one argument made by a men's rights activist who said that well you see that guy wasn't an incel because he was quite pretty he was quite good looking so you see he wouldn't be an incel so that's why he's not a member of our group it's just like so right uh, what mm. now take the red pill then spiral so i i had no idea about this that snowballs into black pill um mm. culture and that apparently is that you know you start to see that you are defined you are predestined from birth you have no choice your your actions are not your own and you know you never had a chance to be anything other than you are and so do fight back and do this and do that and that's quite that that's that's extreme well it's all varying levels of extremism but that is extremist mm. ideology mm. and we're not calling this terrorism 
we're not calling this, you know, you know, radi- it's certainly radicalization. And it's a, it's a teeny and tiny it's extremism. step. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's frightening as well and how easy it is to communicate. You know, as, yeah. as, as, as we've talked, as, 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 as we conduct this podcast over a Zoom chat, we are physically nowhere near each other. Exactly. Yeah. And well. yes, we're, we've come together to talk about something we both feel quite passionately about. Mm-hmm. So can they. Mm-hmm. It's um, not costing us any money. You know, um, we can WhatsApp each other for free all of the time. You know, like th- there's no, you know, we can contact each other in, in any way that we want. Yeah. And it just, we need to join the dots here, you know? Um, and as I said, I think we will have many episodes on different aspects of the manosphere and there are intersecting issues of, I mean, you can be a pickup artist and an incel, you know, and, and that kind of thing, but incels in particular, yeah, as you said, it's about this in, inferiority or perceived inferiority. And it's really funny because they have set parameters for what that inferiority is. So as you said there, oh, your man said he couldn't be an incel. He was too pretty, Hmm. you know, so it's it's not even you're not even allowed to judge yourself. You still have to be judged within the community in terms of you're too attractive or not attractive enough or what, you know, whatever you are. Um, You are a professional content creator and you identify as a man. Have you come across incel culture in comments or whatever because i am conscious that i'm in some ways in my ivory tower and as i discussed in the first episode i don't put myself out there in a lot of ways for for various reasons um but i haven't other than me googling me reading watching a few videos whatever i haven't come across this in the same way so you're a man and a content creator i i I am indeed i'm both you're right i identify as a man and i'm a kind of creator so in terms of my own content yes i have now i make content i make various types of content so i i write for i mentioned this before obviously a big massive trekkie over here so i write for a star trek publication online now funny enough that would be that's the first place i'm going to discuss incel culture because Mm -hmm. the the most recent shows uh, that have kind of started around 2017 onwards in star trek um star trek discovery being the main one is led by Sunika Martin Green. So she is uh she is as of season four, spoilers, I guess, uh the first leading black it's on theme. its fourth season. If you yeah, don't exactly. already know, it's your own fault. I, I, I would argue that, yes, yeah. So um at this she is now the first leading black female captain in Star Trek. Right. There have been cool. black female captains before Red from Orange is the new black was a female captain. She was female captain, she wasn't black. So, yeah. but was Martin she Reed, the first female captain? She was the first leading female captain. So, believe me when I say cool. this terminology, we have been picked apart over. Make sure you have the full, you know. And in fairness, note that in a way they're right because yeah, because mm-hmm. it isn't. It is a milestone, mm-hmm. right? Um, to say um, that the, visibility matters. Visibil- you know? Visibility matters, and also it's just it. It's just incredible that in you know 2017 onwards that this is normal. Like, of course she's captain. I mean, we've seen the show. Of course she's captain. She's mm-hmm. earned it 75 times over. Yeah. The vitriol mm-hmm. that I have seen, because I, uh, most of my work is done online at this stage. In fact, what I'm talking about, all of my work is done online at this stage. And so every episode 
that is released. There is, without getting too far into it, there is a legacy character called Spock. She is his adopted sister. She is a new invention for the new show. Love it. Yes, live long and prosper. Love it. Um, <laughs> so, and her name is Michael Burnham. So Mikey Spock, she gets referred to an awful lot in a very derogatory, like, oh, you know, F Mikey Spock, you know, it's mm. just another, she has to save everything. And there's this, every single episode, she can do no right. Doesn't matter because people have the audacity to insert something. Black and in- female. <laughs> so, and then, so there's a couple of, which I will not name here, but there's a couple of people who professionally, what they do is they give out. That is their job. Mm. Trolls. Um, Another part of the manosphere. Now, very, very, very. outside of that, but very much going from there. And mm. again, it's just like, if we were to meet in real life and you were to speak to me the way that you're speaking online, I would have you arrested. Mm. Because you don't get to speak to or about people like that. And th- those who will hide behind, oh, but freedom of speech. Like, no, this is not, this is attacking this is attacking a person over and over and over again because it doesn't stop with the show. And it goes into yeah. why everyone who makes the show is a piece of whatever. Mm. And because, oh, you're ruining everything. There was one deranged uh, rant there recently um, in which it was the worst thing to happen to humanity ever. That this show existed. And I mean, like, there are there are many things that would like a word. Um, bubonic plague would like a word. Holocaust. Yeah, like the, these these are things that are like we've lived in a pandemic for the last two years. Seriously, where millions of people have died. Uh, and what has been what has been quite not pleasant because it's coming from a frustrating uh, jump off point is that I've seen both you know myself and other creators just be like. You realize this is a television show, right? Mm, well, yeah, there is that, yeah. Uh, like, and look, I make my living from this. I love this, but I never once at any point thought this is real. This is a television show. And you're so right. Visibility matters. And that's why it's great on this television show that we see visibility. And there does seem to be a blurring mm-hmm. of the lines. And that becomes worrying when you think of the events of say Aurora with the at the premiere of the Dark Knight Rises. And mm. that man walked in with a machine gun and identified himself as the Joker. Mm-hmm. The Joker who was a comic book character, who was a movie character. Like this th- th- there is a the separation of reality and fiction there. Yeah. And that's when it gets very, very worrying because I know you're not just ranting about a character who happens to be a black female leading captain character your problem is with women Mm -hmm. your problem is with women of color Mm -hmm. in positions of authority Mm -hmm. and dress it up whatever which way you like now that is certainly that is one aspect that i have seen and it's extremely frustrating and again the anger the anger so put that aside so i also i make content for only fans and so then you start to see how it can dribble over into I suppose I will say same sex spaces because I would deal with a lot of gay men and is thankfully vast majority of interactions I have are very positive are very, you know, it's nice. There's 
there's one nice surprise thing I tell everyone. It's a lot of nice people on OnlyFans. And then you will get those who are just the entitlement, the, you know, the rudeness. Um, I, I operate a system where I charge pay-per-view and I was sent just abuse because I dared to value myself. And it was the first time I got it, it was extremely upsetting. And unfortunately, it's happened too mm -hmm. many times now that, all right, I've grown a bit of a thicker skin about it, but it's not going to stop. You are not worth mm -hmm. X amount a month. You are not worth this. You are not worth mm -hmm. this. Like, grand. Don't pay it then, hun. That's, and that's where I'm at now. So, but at the start, it was just like, how dare you assume that you could just say to someone, they're not worth something. You don't know them. You, we are not products. I may sell images of myself as products, but there's a difference between um, I would like to discuss the price of a product with you and you are worthless. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. So, And even I was having this conversation with um, a couple of female colleagues yesterday. We were just talking about the events the last few weeks and that kind of thing. And I was saying to them, I was like, look, one of the biggest issues I have is that people don't understand that you don't have a right to my time. You don't have a right to my space. If I want to engage in conversation with you, you want to engage in conversation with me, delightful. If you want to engage with me and I don't want to engage with you, you have no right to that. So, you know, even when it comes to catcalling or like, say, if a man says something to me in public and I ignore him and then I have hurled abuse and you're going, you have no right to that. Mm -hmm. You don't have a right to my time no matter what kind of time that is. And it's that violence or that jump to violent language or violent actions, um, you know, from somebody who has an issue with something. But just step off, you know what I mean? Like, don't bring that to me. It's not my problem, it's you. And you've no right to tell me that it's a problem because it's nothing to do with me. It's in your head, it's your issue. It is. It's, and I suppose we do need to, if we are to solve incel culture, which is... Which is what we are doing in a one-hour podcast. Absolutely. We nailed it. Um, a lot of talking will be needed, a lot of listening, uh, a lot of pain, um, and a lot of understanding triggers. Mm. Um, and, but there needs to be, there needs to be a willingness I suppose mm -hmm. on both sides, of course, but there needs to be a willingness to listen to some very, very, very painful words. Mm -hmm. And I understand people going, I don't really want to do that. You know, um, say like if, but when you give up, you allow a space for something else to slip in and fill that space. And that's, hey, do you know what? They, oh. didn't, re they didn't recognize or you, they didn't respond to you. They didn't respect you, but I will. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because even in terms of, you know, conversations people don't have, I, well, I kind of laugh whenever somebody asks me what I'm currently reading because it's invariably something along these lines. Like I'm just looking at now. So I said, read Men Who Ate Women a while ago. I'm currently reading this book called Be a Man um, by Chris Hemmings, which is really, really good. Um, see, I do read books written by men as well. Um, it's really, really good. The subtitle on it is How Macho Culture Damages Us and How to Escape It. It's an excellent book. Um, 
And it's funny because people say, for God's sake, Carol, would you not just go and read like, no, I won't say Twilight because I mean, that's problematic in and of itself. But would you not just go and read something light and fluffy? And I do occasionally, but I see it as, I don't know, my calling for want of a better term, my whatever, the, to, to educate myself as much as possible on this and then to try and educate and have conversations with others. That's, I I have have chosen the path to not ignore. And I'm not slagging off anybody who does want to bury their head in the sand. I'm just saying that lads, I get it. There are days, there were days during my PhD research where I said, actually, do you know what? I can't, I actually can't research anymore at the moment. Nothing to do with the kind of, you know, the practical aspects of writing PhD, which in and of itself, you want the laptop top to go out the window half the time. Mm-hmm. But I actually said, no, I need to step away um and do something completely different because i'm so down by reading these rape statistics by reading these studies by reading whatever um so i totally get it but lads look at the world around us until we get into this until we acknowledge it exists until we look at the reasons behind it the culture behind it until we see that the this is these are our brothers uncles, friends, fathers, sons, whatever, that are being lost in this rabbit hole and we need to help them and we need to save them. Until we do that, this is going to continue to grow and it will continue to be a community of us and them whereby everyone else is the problem in a really damaging and negative way and atrocities, terrorist attacks are going to continue. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. On that note, Um, so i mean this is the whole topic as uh, as it is is a pandora's box and it is something Mm -hmm. that we will revisit many Mm -hmm. times um but for now we will leave you go thank you very much please follow the podcast on uh well you can follow myself on twitter at sean Mm -hmm. ferrick and obviously carol your instagram handle Mm -hmm. at carol quigley and there's an e in carol because i'm awkward and weird like that love it and i will put the description obviously to both in the in this no i will put the links to both in the description to this video there was thinking i had thinking i had nailed the outro uh (laughs) we are available obviously on spotify and i am working on getting us available on other platforms i will let you know and if you are listening to this on not spotify please let us know um we'll let you all know because he's producer extraordinaire i'm a traditional academic i can't work technology that's better than i am um you're all awesome we will be back next week uh Mm -hmm. thank you so much for listening thank you and reach out to us Woo! Woo!